I've been, uh, sorry, I, uh, you caught me off guard. I was writing my parody version of It Was a Very Good Year by, uh, sung by Frank Sinatra. Mm. Basically, right now, I, all I have is It's a Very Good Year to Watch Movies. I don't really have anything else. There's a weird hissing sound I'm hearing. I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. Just bought a snake. <laughs> I don't know if... I'm, where's I this hissing him. sound coming from? Rabbits. Huh. I hear this weird hissing sound. I don't know where it's coming from. I would love to do a compilation of all the, how much our podcast is us just talking about the things that is wrong with audio and the things around us. Well, you know, it's a low budget thing. A very um, low budget. And it kind of goes to the sense of it. But well, uh, well, how well, are you? How am I? How, how are you, Sam? For the for the audience at home, I don't think we've uh, been on for quite some time. We've... It's been like two days or two weeks or something like two that. Two weeks. Yeah, but honestly, it, sometimes it feels like it's forever. Like mm -hmm. two weeks is uh, – and then I look back, I'm like, oh, wait, this is like a month. But a lot of stuff has gone on since uh, we've last talked to each other. Yeah, I mean, well, the last time we were kind of talking, it's also only in my right ear, so I'm, I'm just going to – I'll adjust it for, uh, I can edit this easily, if it is coming out of the podcast, or of, um, if it's not something up with the headphones. Anyways, um, nice. yeah, so what what's going on? I mean, uh, you know, we, we uh, this is this is also the beginning, this two thumbs undecided. Hi. Hello. I'm Zach Ferguson. I am Sam Ferguson. Um, we are here to give it to you. We, give it to you smooth. Hmm. You were about to say another word, but I, I'm glad that you chose smooth. Yeah. Because in this day and age, I feel like things are a bit too rough. Mm -hmm, a bit mm -hmm. too rough. We need to put some lube on the information yes. that we give people. Yes, very much so. And you know what? We give a lot of film news, and uh, let's see who's died. <laughs> oh, boy. Just kidding. Just kidding. Nobody's uh, died. Actually, someone did die. Oh, boy. I was going to save that for the— Who uh, was born, though? Um, I'll tell you who died. Well, Adam Levine's career. Am I right? <laughs> I actually don't know too much about this controversy. Well, it's not um, anything to do with movies. I don't think he's ever 
been in a, oh, he was in a Don't Stop Never Stopping. But, um. Yeah, didn't he send a, he, he was caught cheating. Maybe he was just DMing some girl. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. But um, it's very, it's dumb news. It's dumb news because I I have some news that I want to just get on the record right now. Okay, go uh, the uh, Toronto International Film uh, Festival, also known as TIFF. TIFF to uh, the layman to the dumb dums. Whoa, okay. Yeah, I'm going now. I'm going hard. Now I'm going rough. All right. Uh, it it happened. It's done. Um, Tell me, there's the more Fable, news. The Fableman oh, okay. won, I think the Fableman and Weird, that Yankovic story, yes. won uh, the People's Awards. Well, they both won? Is, they both I don't know if it was a joke. I know the Fableman won, but I, mm. I follow Weird Al on Instagram and Twitter, and it showed that like both of them won pe- the People's Choice Award. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know... That would be funny if it's true because they're both biographies. While the Weird Al is like a parody of a biography. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Um, there's uh someone there, David Ehrlich, who is not a friend of the show, but we spoke to David Ehrlich at the New York Film Festival in 2019, or I did rather. Yeah, uh, well, right after we watched that, The Irishman. Yes, we he was sitting right behind us, and yes. Sam, who knew him, yes, and now I know him very well on Twitter. Um. Uh, or like I just follow him. Uh, Sam just turned around and just like I like your reviews, and he's like, ah, oh, thanks. And then I, 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 I was the first person to ask him as soon as it ended. I turned around oh. and I said, so what, what did you, you think? think of the movie? And he was very much like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought he said it was a little long. I think he said that, but it was very much like he was still. <laughs> the movie had just ended, and I was just like, so what do you think? <laughs> well, I think Eric. What, what's Eric Cohn. Eric Cohn. Eric Cohn. Eric Cohn. I think he is a good interviewer. Yeah, he I'm actually like, is kind of a friend of. Well, he was actually going to do the show, and maybe I could hit him up was, again. We, yeah, yeah, he was going to well, do the show, and uh, he just did, stopped responding to my emails. Classic you know, situation. It happens. It happens. We, uh, you know what? We just need to get that clout, and once we, it's like dominoes. But somebody I very want to be almost persistent on trying to get is this new director and by oh. new i mean this is their first uh film i believe directorial film that almost premiered at tiff uh their name is uh vera drew vera drew that's mm. v-e-r-a uh, and drew yes they made a movie and i i don't know the their pronouns um but they are uh transgender Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned that because the movie they created focuses on their transition, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I believe is from originally in a man's body to being a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie was called, it is still called The People's Joker. And it is a, the funniest thing because it takes the character, the Joker, the the actual, you know, Bob Kane, Bill Finger created Joker. Yeah. And it just uses it as this vehicle of the journey of a, a trans woman. Interesting. And I saw the trailer. The trailer is nutso. It is, it looks like almost like student, like a very well made super indie movie. Like the, the effects are 
the very low budget. Mm-hmm. The acting is not great. The audio is it's it's not a it's weird. It's not a well you could say it's a well it doesn't look like a well made movie, mm-hmm. but I think for what it is trying to be, it works. Mm-hmm. Now I haven't seen the movie, but everybody who's involved in seeing what Vera Drew's background is. Yeah. I have to say that it's intentional and it it's going to be amazing and I think will in my opinion be better than the than um Joaquin Phoenix's Joker uh, Todd Hayes's Well I never really liked Joker. that movie much to begin with. I, I, I don't like that movie. I don't, I, I don't dislike that's just it. The, I, I think that's one of those instances of movies that unfortunately got too much press out of the gate. And because well, it got was... too much press, it was put into this weird category that it could not get itself out of. It's a and if it, it and was, it never, it's an all right movie. I mean, and it's same a, it's, with like I'm sure. Don't worry, darling, which it uh, has come out now. But I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. But I'm sure if there wasn't all this clout behind it, it would be a movie that comes out and people are like, oh, that's okay. You know what's gonna happen, and I hope happens is. Do you know Ryan Murphy? Uh, no. Um, he's the producer of a billion things. He he, but mostly Glee and okay. American Horror Story. Yeah. But he also does these series of like behind the scenes like American crime story. And he did that. He like a series called feud, mm-hmm. which does the biography of like Betty for uh, Betty, uh, the Betty two Boop. main people, n- not Betty, uh, unfortunately not Betty boot, but the two people from uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. They had uh, like a Epic rivalry on Elizabeth that set. Taylor. And um, I don't know the dude's name, but I know Elizabeth Betty, Taylor. No, Betty Davis, Betty Davis and Joan something. It's definitely Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, because there is a two. Uh, there's another woman. It's not Elizabeth Taylor. I don't think. Now you have me questioning myself. Uh-oh. Anyway, yes. Um, who's af- um? No, not who's afraid of Avenger. Whatever happened to Barry? Baby oh, what happened to Mary Jane? That's a different movie. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. There are. I mean, it did come out around the same time, and they were both asking these rhetorical questions. questions. <laughs> that never really quite got an answer. By the way, um, I've only seen um, Who is Afraid of Virginia Woolf once as a teenager yes. finding it extremely boring. Oh, you need to rewatch that movie. I very much do. I, I watched like it not love it. maybe like three years ago. Um, and if those of you uh, don't know my age, three years ago, I was still not a teen. 20, 23. My 23. Good, my good and blood. loving me. Yeah, I used to, and back me. when I used to love you. Um, <laughs> I was 20, uh, quattro. Oh, I can't do math. Um, or speak Spanish. Um, by the way, it was Betty Davis and Joan Crawford yeah. in Who's Afraid of... It's a great movie, though, but we're, we're not getting into reviews already. We're not Oh, that... so, so um, yes, sorry. The, we're still in film news section. So Vera Drew had a movie premiering at uh, TIFF but was pulled at like the day before, I believe, due to there being copyright issues. Oh. Vera Drew was all, and this is actually what caught my attention. They were all over saying like, we we understand, like, I think actually Vera Drew did pull it from the festival because there there was like, you know, some troubles coming from uh, Warner Brothers. Troubles. Yeah, like something I I have. There is a report they made before that, but um, so they did premiere it. I think at like 
at a midnight showing that doesn't have any stipulation on like you wouldn't get awards. Yes. So they so people did see it and I think people liked it. But uh, so now this People's Joker is this kind of like this I don't know this already cult classic movie and nobody's except for like fifty people have seen it and I really want to see it and I also this to me is like I feel for people like this like these people who are trying to yeah say their thing in a non conventional way yeah like of course you'll have people's they're like, I put all my heart and effort into it, and it's very soul-wrenching. And it's kind of the classic, like, you know, we'll just say, for example, like, you know, I was I was a gay man raised in a in a um, Christian community, and this is my story. And it's very like that's this this is sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. See, I just the to me, it really piques my interest to see a transgendered woman telling their story through the guise of a um, huge IP. <laughs> yeah, that is It's almost kind of like, fuck you, and also, you know... So the movie is, is out. It, it premiered. You can't see, we see it yet. We can't see it yet, okay. Do you know yeah. where it hasn't been picked up by anything? It, it has not okay. been distributed yet. Also, do you know, Drew, I just found out, um, uh, do you know Patty Harrison? Uh, sounds familiar. Uh, she's the... Um, uh, she's the one funny woman from, uh... Oh, I love it. She's the one who said, like, like, I can't stop drinking Yeah, wine yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't popcorn. know she's... She, <laughs> she's transgender as well. I didn't, I didn't realize. Um, hey, well... A lot uh, of great representation in comedy and movies and, uh... It, it might, then, you know what? It, good in things, that case... Good things are in, on the horizon for, uh... I mean, I guess representation is always getting better, but... Um... If, if, if any disgusting, uh... Uh, homophobe is like well trans people can't be funny I'll just point a finger to Patty Harrison yeah just uh, be- one of the best parts of I think you should leave okay um, but anyway, so, so my I want to new... try to get Vera uh, I want to get Vera Drew Bef- on our show okay try to so my news is um this uh there's a new movie that is about to start filming that I'm extremely excited for uh it's Steve McQueen's new movie um, and Saoirse Ronan is, uh, is set to lead in a World War II movie all about the, the Blitz in London. Um, and that sounds incredible. Because Steve McQueen, I think, is one of the most underrated directors, I think, ever. Or maybe not ever. But, like, he, he although he is still, like, very well, like, liked, I think he needs to be more talked about as, like, him being an incredible oh, director that's he right. did 12 small years a slave acts. he did shame small axe but Which like i love small axe was great um he there's no one that does pacing quite like steve mcqueen like there's so many s- moments of stillness that are extreme like i always think of the one scene in 12 years a slave where like the person's hanging and or is like trying is like is uh, uh oh yeah no is hanging um, outside and he's like struggling to survive, like trying to like balance himself. And meanwhile, like it's just the still frame. And meanwhile, there's just kids playing in the back background, like playing ball and stuff. And it's just an absolutely and there's no sound, nothing. It's just him like struggling and then people just playing and having like a normal day because I can't do anything about it. 
it's it's a, it is a shot that will live in my brain forever. And Steve McQueen directing a movie about the Blitz on London, starring Saoirse Ronan. I don't think it can get any better than that. I. I you know, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in I love with this. I uh, I have not seen. Like it's funny when you say Steve McQueen is an underrated director because I just in my head when my official switch for starting to love films truly turned on mm-hmm. Steve McQueen was kind of like this wonderful darling. Yeah. I mean that was like and 2012 like, I think. It was, was 12 yeah, years of slave. 12 or 13. It might have been yeah. 13. That's when I really was starting. Of course, college really just like dumped all these yeah. great films into my brain. And then you're just like breathless. I'm, yeah. How could that it, be possible? How could I, they not have any breath? You can't breathe. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then uh, because I, I I was dyslexic, I read Twelve Years of a Slave as Twelve Years of uh, of uh, a sob or a sob. You know, like what? an ointment. Like a slaw or um, sob, I think that's what it's called. Okay. It's like an um, so I'm like, how can you put, you know, use uh, salve, salve? I thought it was twelve years salve, and so I was like, how can you use the same bottle of salve for twelve years? I gotta watch this. So, anyways, let's move on to our let's move on to our uh, our topic. Um, so we're beginning our series of talking about um critics. Um, and this one is a doozy of a critic who, uh, uh is, um, kind of controversial, but he's, uh, basically was the main film critic of the New York Times for about 27 years from like See, the I- late, the late thirties to, uh, 68. What were you about to say? Now, you, you said... The main guy, I read his, um, like, a obituary, or, like, a guy, someone from the New York Times wrote obituaries, like, showing who he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And it only says here his reviews appeared three or four times a... Oh, sorry. His, I, didn't, I did not say... I did not read You did not read it. No, no. Did I you think that it, his reviews thought, only appeared three or four times in the course of his career? In the Times. I was like, no, okay. he was the main critic of the New York Times. All right. Well, now this three or four sense. times a week for 27. Years. Hey, look, I uh, good, anyways, good. um, I have a, a really funny, uh, uh, a, a quote from him or there was a tweet. Um, I don't know what movie this was about, but it's a film from uh, John Ford. Um, in which there is a quote about the movie. Um, and uh, the quote from uh, Bosley, this is Bosley Crowler, Crowther, by the way. Um, the, qu- the quote for this movie from Bosley was, uh, a dilly of a cavalry uh, picture. Yahoo! <laughs> and someone, oh, on, someone on Twitter was like, normalize this kind of film criticism again. No. And then also... Uh, his like his quote for uh, uh, Hard Day's Night was a whale of a comedy. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, you know, he's I, just I'm like a, like this guy. He's like an old. He's a. I mean, talk about not even a boomer. He's like a. He's the part of the what? silent generation, really. Well, he's a guy. I mean, he I was born judge. in 1905 in Maryland. 
Uh, I, I can't. Oh, but so I I feel like we didn't give a good in, uh, introduction. We are talking about to give the introduction about a the reviewer Bosley Crother. Oh, Crother. Crother. Um, a staple of early uh, film criticism, as Sam said, uh, born in July 13, 1905. Wait, Zach, did you do research? I actually did. I don't think I did as much research as you, but um, I did it. And he died to give you to some insight uh, uh, March 7th, uh, 1981. So it, in my opinion, I always like to think 1977, you know, Jaws and Star Wars, everything after that, things changed when it comes to distribution and how the world saw movies. Mm. Okay. I'm not saying like, you know, art house movies change. I'm just saying the world and uh, like the marketing and industry people were like, uh, we got to capitalize on this. So he did see Star Wars. I, I don't see any reviews for Star Wars. He or did, Jaws. but I mean, uh, he wasn't really reviewing at that time. He was really mostly just a reviewer from the like, yeah, he was the main reviewer from the late 30s. So he has review on like Gone with the Wind was one like one of his first ones Two, And we'll get to this later. One of his last uh, reviews was Bonnie and Clyde. And we have a, a book that we're going to be reading from a little bit later called Pictures at a Revolution, which we've actually read on the show before. <sighs> I um, desperately need to see that. I read that. You haven't read it? Oh my deal. No, um, I know. But they There's... talk about Bosley Crowther in this. Uh, wait, what is it? his last name again? Crowther. Uh, cr uh it's <clears throat> cr Crowther. Crowther. Yes. C R O W. They talk about the end of of his Crowther. career uh, a bit. Um, and you know he's he has I think now. He kind of has, um, he has a, uh, a, a representation of being a very cantankerous person, um, who is fairly grouchy. Um, but you know, he, he's a very complex man. I'm just going to read some things that people have said about him. So he was, uh, he wrote for the New York times for 27 years. He was a fan of, uh, some of the early international or not early, but uh, some of the international filmmakers of the of the 50s and early 60s, he was a big fan of uh, Igmar Bergman, uh, Fellini. Uh, he went to Princeton for history. Uh, and then when he left Princeton, Good he uh, was offered a job at the New York Times for $30 a week, which is about $507 uh, in today's currency, um, to be a cub reporter, which I, just, I guess is just like a junior reporter. Um, but he declined the work because he wanted to work at a smaller southern newspaper. I don't know why, but obviously they didn't pay as much, so he left and he went to work for the New York Times. And he was actually their first ever nightclub reporter uh, to work for the Times. Um, That's cool. And then he started working at the drama as a drama critic uh, in 1933 and covered theater uh, for about five years and even dabbled writing uh, for it. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't find any instances of that. I couldn't find any of his work, but that's, I feel like that's, that, that goes to, I think a lot of artists idea is critics are people who want to be filmmakers, but they couldn't. Um, and, uh, it oh, looks so like he was saying, trying to be a writer. Oh, like a writer for movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He should have done what, uh, Roger Ebert did and wrote a smut film. 
He should have. Yeah, AKA. A- um, yeah, you had been uh, more iconic at that. Beyond than, the Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, but he never really made. He never made a movie. He was just uh, just a critic. Um, and he started being a critic of movies in 1938. Um, and he posed. Uh, he posed the use of patriotism in films. Um, and he liked social issue movies. Like he actually was a big fan of Citizen Kane, which at the time was an unpopular opinion. It was panned by a lot of people. Like Citizen Kane, when it came out, um, was not as well loved uh, as it is now. Um, and for him to be kind of on the forefront and saying how much he loved Citizen Kane, um, you know, he was like, in, at the beginning of his career, he was making big kind of statements. Um, he just didn't, uh, he didn't catch up to the times once the 60s came around. Right, which is, you know, I feel like we hate... We, I, I, uh, my first reaction to Bosley, yeah, is I don't like him because of the uh, the few, um, the few reviews that I could find, like the Bonnie and uh, Clyde and his take on Lawrence of Arabia. Did you see that by any chance? Uh, yes, I did. I saw. I was gonna say he, uh, his he did review, not like it. his reviews of epics were sporadic. Um, he liked Ben Hur and Cleopatra, which were huge, big budget movies. But um, in the fifties, I think something yeah. happened to him in the sixties where he just like spun. He, he like in a dot. Like he saw like once he saw like JFK died or something, or maybe when the Beatles came on the scene, he was just like, I just hate anything new. And what if one of his kids who like one of his kids who he didn't like really loved? Um, all these movies, like oh, oh. I hate this now. I, I, yeah, I. Eh. So anyway, his review of Lawrence of Arabia was it was a thundering camel opera that tends to run down the rather bad, rather badly as it rolls on into its third hour and gets involved with solemn disillusion and political deceit. Yes, which That's he is I also have. known for his writing style is being very uh, scholarly. He's not like kind of a brisk kind of conversational writer he's a very uh uh yeah it's kind of it's it doesn't really translate too well some of his writing it, it's very it is yeah like you said it is very um i wouldn't say it dives deep into like psychology like into some of the uh, psyche that i see on like in mu- movie reviews for video yeah but um you could tell that there's a bit of princeton in there but once again sam what was that quote that he did uh yeehaw woohoo Oh yeah, uh, a dilly of a Calvary movie. Yahoo! <laughs> yeah, I don't know what movie that was for. It was for a John Ford movie, but he he did really like John I Ford. Any of them? He liked. I mean, he liked a lot of the the movies from, uh, like the fifties. Like I think the fifties, he was really doing a lot of like interesting kind of no. takes, and he was he was also uh anti the um anti- the 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 anti- what's communism. No, no, no! Not anti-communism. He was anti no, no, he was the anti-anti-communism. Yeah, the the on a the whatever the I'm trying to find the where is it? McCarthyism. Say? Oh, the the anti-House of Un-American Activities. Um, he he was anti the House of Un-American Activities, which was the whole uh, MacArthur hearings that blacklisted so many actors. Um, we did we did yeah we did an episode on that. Um, we had to. <laughs> we fucking had to, and someone had to break the silence. 
Um, gun up to my head saying, do it or so help me. Yeah. Now it's hard. like where people are being persecuted for... Um, being uh, just black. I... <laughs> what? Sorry. No. Oh, yeah, that came out of black field. No, I'm talking about <laughs> controversy in the 1950s was just like having slight communist, you know, undertones. Yeah. Now all you have to do is just go, okay, I'm going to make this well-known character black. Oh, and yeah. Oh, I see. I see. What are, ha have their head explode, which is all the more reason why I love this Vera Drew person. Yeah. I mean, my take on uh, that whole Disney, I guess that's news. I mean, I didn't even really know that was happening, is uh, I still hate Disney. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad, you know, I don't really care that much about... Um, I, I just don't want to have... I, I don't want to have any good light on Disney ever. Um, I will bear that blunt for you. Okay, you can be the one that talks. And anytime Disney blunt. is mentioned uh, in, in a good light, uh, you will talk about it. No, um, it it's, not, it's not good blunt. I mean... It's, it, it, good, blood. Uh, take, good light <laughs> good light it's just um disney is the forefront once again of kind of the general pop public's view of things nobody's talking about vera drew's thing and nobody's really the only reason why people are talking about don't worry darling is because uh of the controversy because it's you tea know, it, yeah exactly it's 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 a big like ooh, someone spit on someone ooh, someone's having an affair with this person nobody yeah nobody's really Talking about like barbarian or just other all these other like uh like the triangle of sadness uh, like these other movies that are coming out, um which I'm excited to see, uh but no so yeah the thing I just sorry for a quick rant because I have to get this out here because we've been away for so long, is the reason why I'm sad about this controversy for having like a black Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. is of course. Oops, is of course not because there's a black little mermaid is that the movie itself is going to be it's going to be horrible yeah uh, the pinocchio I, movie was horrible it's just these live action movies don't translate yeah and so you're making kind of like all these it's going to come out and all these racist horrible what i what people should be calling them asleep people yeah if we're the woke and they're the, then they're the asleep they're gonna be. They're gonna be just like. Ah, of course it's horrible. Like, what did you think? Yeah, I want to get off this conversation. So I, I agree with you. It's just we're not talking about that right now. I had to do a. Little we soapbox. had to do that during film news. It's it. it, it so talking about this. I mean, I guess so. Um, talking about today. the the um, uh, some more stuff about uh the old, the old Grouch Bosley. Crother or Crother? Yes. Crother. Uh, Crother. 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 Uh, Crother uh, had a huge disdain for uh, Joan Crawfield um, when yes. reviewing her Crawford. films. Crawford. Talk about. Uh... Reviewing her films, saying that her acting uh, style in Female on the Beach was characterized by artificially and pretentiousness, and also chided uh, Crawford for her physical bearing um, in the film Johnny Guitar. Uh, mm. Crowd, no, uh, and, and Crother. Shane. No, oh, uh, and, Johnny Qatar Crowther complained that no more femininity comes from uh, Crawford than for her than from ra ragged Mister Heffen in Shane. Uh, for yes. the lady, as usual, is as sexless as the lion on the public library steps. 
and as sharp and romantically forbidding as a package of unwanted or unwrapped razor blades. What the fuck? This guy. That's insane. I, I, I personally. He is comparing her to unwrapped razor blades. That's This guy has like. He knew he could get away with it. And that was 54. Yeah, I guess he could get away with it at that point, but like now when you see okay, it's funny. When I saw the name Bosley Crother Crother, yeah. Um did you think I didn't know anything about this guy. Did you think he was just the way he writes, he seemed British. British. No, he's not British. And I also for some reason thought he was um a black man. Huh. I don't know why. Um just Bosley just but uh I was surprised to see he is e- neither English or um an African American uh, gentleman. He is a just uh, a white dude. Yeah, I mean here's he also likes to smoke, going uh, into pipes. the he do, I mean he is that. But um going into the the book Pictures at a Revolution. I mean, I guess actually mm-hmm. no. Let's let's talk more about um some of his other reviews. Um, cause we have a bit of time and I have, there's a lot of reviews that he's done. Right. Um, and there's another, uh, inst- uh, thing about him, um, that's big is his, uh, love of, uh, foreign films. Yeah. Uh, actually reading from the book, uh, he also is known for, um, every year he would come out with the 10 best films. He was a huge list guy before lists were all the rage. Sure. He loved having a, a list. Um, and quote from the book, uh, wrote uh, Bosley Crowther uh, before announcing that his list of the 10 best films of 1966 would include only two studio movies set in America. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. All the rest uh, he had were uh, international movies. He was a big international movies guy. I mean, that if... It's a big world. If you were to give him some kind of uh, praise, it would be for him championing the international movies, which... You know, America in the 50s was very rah-rah, extremely patriotic. Um, kind of th- throughout, every everyone was fairly patriotic. Um, and, uh, you know, th- that's something that you can kind of point to and be like, okay, you know, that's something a little bit ahead of the time. Um, I do, I mean, I just want to go through some of his, like, articles, though, because it's like, some of it is just so weird. Um <laughs> Here's the article for um, Jungle Book. Um, the uh, the animated Jungle Book. Uh, yes. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So here we go. So, um, <laughs> oh yes, Mister Corda has got uh, Mowgli, the Jungle Boy, as a hero of his tale, and he has given him a proper jungle training as he found uh, as a foundling in the wolves. He has let him go among the human beings. Blah, blah, blah. Then he uh, sent, um, he's basically just ta- uh, talking about the story at the beginning. Um, and then it says, then he sent uh, Mowgli back to the jungle and presumably back to the world he understands. But if uh, Mowgli understands it, this critic most certainly does not. <laughs> For despite very elaborate commentary written by Lawrence Stallings, uh, anent, anent the jungle laws and human descent, there seems precisely little difference in this picture between uh, the vicariousness of one kind of an animal and another. Everything seemed to be pointed to the exhibition of violence on the screen, whether it be the violence of Shere Khan and Wicked Tiger, 
or Bakhera, the faithful pans panther, uh, or Beldo, the villainous tribesman, or even uh, Mowgli himself. I don't, it just seems like he's saying it was too violent. <laughs> he does not like violence, which is weird because Ben Hur has, honestly, I think. Well, I like, think he likes, real, by I the think way, he really likes quick. violence when it's the hero. It's like a very heroic violence. I don't think he likes, he doesn't like any kind of, uh, uh, complicated characters, it seems. Or I guess overabundance of violence. By the way, just to, I just want to state for the audience, uh, since you said Lawrence Stallings, this was the 1942 live action, uh, The Jungle Book, directed by Zoltan Corday. Oh, really? Yes. There's I a live action I, one? I didn't know that either. Yes, there is. In 1942, oh. a year before America joined World War II. Hmm. I am um, recognizing nobody from this movie. So, oh, actually, I take that back. Uh, the voice for Ka, which I don't know who Ka is. I think that's, oh, Ka, that's the um, enemy tiger, is voiced by Mel Blank, which um, is the voice of basically all of the Looney Tune characters. Oh, here's, uh, so here's another there? review. Uh, so this was for. <laughs> Yeah, this was for um, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, that's a scary um, movie. Most of the comic invention in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is embraced in the idea and the title. The notion of having these two clowns run afoul of the famous <laughs> screen monster is a good laugh in itself. But take this gentle warning. Get the most out of that one laugh while you can. <laughs> I like this guy now. <laughs> I think, but that was in 48. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. But, like, he just turned into, like, this uh, crank, frankly. Yes, he, he was cranking out cranky uh, uh, reviews. Now, um, we should get to his, really, he, he has a big article on his wiki on his criticism of Bonnie and Oh, Clyde. do we want to get to that now? Mm, do we? Okay, uh. I have one more. I have one more. Okay. I, the, the, here's one from one of my favorite movies, uh, Cleo 5 to 7. Um, Cleo to 5 to 7. Which is what my, my book is named after. Um, what do you mean, your book? You wrote or book? my ride, sorry, or my, my bike. Um, oh. Sec, let me find da, 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 nothing but a man. Well, it, the title is called Nothing But a Man and Lilith Presented. I don't even know. Um, one sec. Let me let me try to find. Um, then I will just do a real quick one. Um, uh, Crowther was not a here. He loved and promoted foreign films, but he did not. That did not mean he was all lovey dovey for them. He uh, said real quick for the original Godzilla or goes goes. G-O-J-I-R-A, Goria, Gira, please don't kill us. Uh, the original Godzilla movie, he just said an incredibly awful film, which oh. I can actually kind of understand if he, you know, saw, he, he, if he couldn't take in that this was a guy in a, in a rubber suit, uh, which it looks like he did not. And maybe um, he, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, here's one. Um, another... Uh, <laughs> so this is about uh, Cleo 5 to 7, which is one of my favorite movies. And this came out in 1962. Another French film that... Uh, fairly glitters with photographic and cinematic, quote, style, yet fails to do more than skim the surface of a cryptic, dramatic theme, is Cleo from 5 to 7, which opens at the cinema to yesterday. Objectively, it might be favored as a fair example of the slick technique of the French New Wave. Um, da, 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 uh, this is uh, reading that he's talking about the movie itself. Um... All she conveys is the dullness of a mechanically motivated girl, which of course causes one to be so what-ish about the intimate threat of her doom. Severally faintly familiar French actors are crisped in mostly slight supporting roles. English subtitles barely managed to handle this slangy dialogue. I mean, I actually have heard the criticism before with Cleo 5-7 to 7 that, like, who cares? This is just the socialite who has, like, everything she kind of wants and, like... Why do I care about her life? Did um, I tell you I was not entirely impressed by that movie? Why? I mean, I, the the one there was one scene I I enjoyed that it's uh, like it's exactly two hours, but I I take that as far as like uh, like a, the gimmick of a uh, of Boyhood. Um, it just did not ring. It uh, yeah, I kind of I think that's my thing is maybe due to my slight classism. I also was, I mean, I, it would have been sad if she had, like, they straight up were like, you have cancer, but I don't know, just the way it was portrayed, I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was uh, great, I thought it was good. Now, of course, my favorite uh, Agnes Verde movie is One Sing, One Does Not. Mm. If you want to listen to that, listen to our uh, Agnes Varda episode, which I actually played yes, uh, last week. Yeah, um, good one. On the eve of um, what's his face's death? Uh, oh, sorry, it's Truf one sings Truffaut. the other doesn't. Um. Anyways, great, that's a great. Film. So yeah, let's let's get into it now. So, th this guy was had absolute control of the New York Times for twenty seven years, where that's everything powerful. he said, uh, even though it might not have been universally accepted, uh, definitely was he was at the center of a lot of conversation. Um, until 1968, um, when a movie called Bonnie and Clyde little, comes out. Just a little movie. Just a little by movie. Author, uh, by Arthur Penn, produced by... Durr, okay. Uh, what's his... The, who's the... Anyways, go on. So this is from the book. Actually, this goes on for quite some time, because this book really gets into him. What um, book is this again? This is Pictures at a Revolution, written by Mark Harris. Yes. Uh, after the press conference, Penn saw Bosley Crowther, the New York Times critic who delighted in being a kingmaker and sometimes an ex uh, executioner uh, at the international film festivals. Uh, Crowther had been at the Expo Theater that night before, and he was appalled. The audience's enthusiastic reaction and Penn's pro-insurrection rhetoric flourished in front of the reporter had only affronted him more. He sort of warned me. <laughs> That he was really going to attack it, said Penn. And I thought, well, here it goes. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde was scheduled to open in New York City on August 3rd, a Sunday. But Crowther couldn't contain his wrath for even a week. <laughs> Immediately after Penn's remarks, he filed a dispatch that ran in the Times the next day. Quote, 
Hollywood movie makers seem to have a knack of putting the worst foot forward at international film festivals, he began. Now they've done it again. Bonnie and Clyde, he fumed, whips through the saga of the cheap jack bandits as though it was funny and set instead of sordid and grim. And while he solemnly acknowledged that most of those in the odd attendance had liked the movie, quote, some more sober visitors from the United States whom he did not identify were wagging their heads in dismay and exasperation that so callous and callow a film should uh, represent their country in these critical times. Um... He just keeps. I mean, I could keep going like this. this oh man, I I'm glad that you can. Th- do they have his whole review in the book? Not the whole review. Um, oh, that's darn shame because I was trying to look up the whole review. Um, but New York Times does this stupid thing where you have to pay to see their. Well, you know what's articles. great. I uh-huh. have. Uh, I paid. Can I? Can I please have it? I. I give you a bunch of sub. sub yeah, it's like two bucks for six months. So I cheap. spend that money on coffee. Okay. Um, let me let me look it up. Bonnie I, and Clyde article. You telling me about yes? So so here's thing- a review from he because he did a few reviews. Like he the thing about it is he didn't just do one review. He was going off on this movie for quite some time because it was such a controversial movie and it started becoming it started at first being like oh there was a lot of negative criticism uh but then pauline kale and a lot of these new new wave uh uh critics started talking favorably about it and he just like hunkered down um so do you want me to read this 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 is called uh run bonnie and clyde by bosley crowther Yes, that is the one I saw, like, the little bit that I could see online. Yes. Um, so oh, here's, okay. here's something. Um, oh, this is, like, one of his responses. Evidently, there are people, including some critics, who feel that this deliberately uh, buffoonized, <laughs> buffoonized <laughs> picture of the notorious criminal careers of Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker back in the early 1930s archives some sort of meaningful statement for the times in which we live. Uh, something about the confusion of a couple of dumb, thrill-seeking kids who take to armed robbery for a living and are struck by resentment, not remorse, when the consequence of their de- uh, depredations catches up with them. I gather that what most of these people feel the picture conveys is a sense of the pathos of youngsters who don't really know what violence is until they are suddenly plunged into it, who recklessly play with fire without a care of a thought of what they're doing until they're fatally burned. The moral would be that violence is an abstract and unconsidered thing in the minds of most careless, flagrant rebels. When it becomes yeah. concrete, it's too late. It's like he almost got it. Like he almost, it's like it's he like he almost ex- understands. Like it's um, like he's explaining why it works. But He's just going into it. And so he's like... uh. You don't have to take my word for it. This is what a well-acquainted writer for this paper said on the morning after the arrogant desperados were killed by lawmen in a, uh, a planted uh, embassy. So this is, I guess he's quoting like after this actually happened. Clyde Barrow was a snake-eyed murderer who killed without giving his victims a chance to draw. He was slight, 
altogether unheroic in physical appearance. Bonnie Parker was a fit companion for him. She was hard-faced, sharp-mouthed woman who gave up a waitress job in Kansas City restaurant to become the mistress of Ray uh, Hamilton, Texas bank robber. Ryle took her away from Hamilton. I mean, he just goes on in this article. Like, he's, like, calling... He, this is basically his rebuttal to everyone else. Um, it's, it's the classic thing of, like, when people do a horrible take on Twitter and people... Everybody attacks them and they just go, like, no, I'm right. You know what? You guys are the losers. Yeah. Like, this This is, like, the classy Princeton 1905-born version of that. So I just want to read the end of this article. Um, so if you haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde, you should really, okay, how, how would you, how would you, cause so basically it seems like his argument is that this is glorifying violence, that these people should not be glorified as, as people who should be the protagonists of a movie. Um, what's your well, rebuttal? My rebuttal, um, Mr. Uh, uh, Crother is that I think that this is something we've never seen in film before, at least done to such realism that um, really shows the, 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 all the, the sides of crime. And crime doesn't pay. Uh, and also not only that uh, crime doesn't pay, but it shows this, this romance. Um, as you saw, uh, I mean, in any relationship, a, a lot of what goes into a relationship is sex. And this is the first <laughs> time. I, well, then the Mr. Crother, I don't understand because uh, this is a, this is a wonderful film where um, a, a relationship is built. Uh, like the sex isn't a, a, a it is yeah. a problem. That was one of the things two. that was so interesting about the movie is like this weird subplot wow. about his, Almost like he was hinting at his um, homosexuality and also like See, they really could know. only get off with that one dude in the room, you know? Oh, is that? Yeah. So, something or they something were gonna going to do on. like a, there was just rumor, like they had all these rumors that they kind of put into it about like that one right. third dude. And um, also as somebody who's a fan of John Ford, uh, For sorry, I'm talking to you as if you're, uh, it helps me, but like as if you're uh, Mr. Uh, Boswell or Bosley. <laughs> but like as somebody who grew up Fan like loving and romanticizing John Ford movies, uh, as uh, you pointed out with your yeehaw, woohoo, uh, what a dilly of a doodle this was. Um, I think this is one of the first films that kind of like shows the 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 problem with being you know masculinity, you know, like gotta go rob and gotta gotta have a girl, you know. Yeah. He would say this is the end of his article. Perhaps this is, uh, this is why this picture is getting a favorable response among some compassionate viewers. Society is the antagonist. The establishment or the breakdown of it is responsible for all the woes, for the blanks that foreclose on poor farmers, for the greedy storekeepers who don't want to be robbed, for the nasty police, for the illusion and dis, uh, de delusion of grandeur of Bonnie and Clyde. This is a, certainly a complex thesis to support uh, on evidence as unsubstantial and disrupt as the careers of a couple of fanciful crooks. Um, I'm just skipping through. I'm sorry to say that Bonnie and Clyde does not impress me as a contribution to the thinking of our times or as wholesome entertainment. What? Of course it's not wholesome well, entertainment. <laughs> well, there you go. I was about to say, 
besides a few uh like lines that are very much like negative like this stinks he did a great i mean it was a great review anyways but i think a lot of the stuff he pointed out is why it makes it a great film but of course you know that's that's with any movie you can cite some people find the negatives to be the positives and some people you know the other way around so reading so. the this book again um uh uh, Crowther had little fondness for moral. It's Crowther, right? Or Crowther? It's Crowther. Crowther had little fondness for moral ambiguity. He felt that uh, uh, Leon's movies, um, which uh, featured Eastwood as a gunslinger, the good, bad, the young, uh, ugly, um, as a gunslinger, he keeps his allegiance to himself. Uh, skipping, skipping, skipping. Shortly after, <laughs> shortly before Bonnie and Clyde opened, he wrote a column called "Movies to Kill People By" that began. Something is happening in movies that has uh, me alarmed and disturbed. Movie makers and moviegoers are agreeing that killing is fun. He concludes by calling the Dirty Dozens and the Leone pictures as uh, as socially dec uh, decadent and dangerous as LSD. Um, so, yeah. And before we um, close, because we got five minutes left, I just want to read um, the but, book talking about him getting fired. Um. Uh, I wanted to uh, say a quote real quick, though. Um, I feel like this is a quote that the Bosley would say about um, the Joker movie. Um, and But this is somebody else's tweet, but I feel like this is what he would write. And it, this is what it is. There's something, there's almost something chilling about the character of the Joker. Someone who finds the thought of crime to be funny. Almost as if he's having a laugh. Like, I feel like that's what he would have wrote if he uh, reviewed The Joker. But you know who actually wrote that? Who? Scott Ackerman. Really? Oh, so it's yeah. a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but that I feel like Scott Ackerman wrote that as a joke, but it's actually what Boswell would have actually Bosley. wrote. Bosley. Oh, you're so Bosley Crowther, uh, the last thing from this book. Um, at the New York Times, Bosley Crowther was still... <laughs> throwing as many punches at the movie as he could. When Cool Hand Luke opened, he called it much more effective for my taste than the glossy pseudo-realism of Bonnie and Clyde. So much he was still like eating. shitting on Bonnie and Clyde in other reviews. Um, but his battle was lost. In November, the paper of 68, the paper's executive editor, Turney uh, Catlett, called him into his office and told him as gently as possible that it was time for a new assignment. Uh, Crowther would remain the chief movie critic of Times through the end of December in order to allow him to compile his final 10 best list and one last time to preside over the New York Film Critics Circle Awards. After that, he'd be asked to serve as a roving reporter uh, filing stories from film festivals around the world, but his days as a reviewer would be over. Uh, Renetta Adler, who had never worked as a film critic, was to replace him. I was very fond of Bosley Cr Crowther, but it had to be done, says Arthur Gellib then paper's cultural editor. We have to have someone who can look at movies from a fresh perspective. At the times, they never fire you. They make you feel too guilty. Or they feel too guilty. They just put you on a different path and give you more money to soothe their guilt. But I know he felt humiliated. Uh, uh, and it's actually I mean, his I... farewell piece uh, was to be a column on The Graduate, which had come out. Did he like it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It, the the review is just him shitting on uh, Bonnie and Clyde more. <laughs> Probably just like the Graduate 
which is not Bonnie and Clyde, thank God. What a horrible piece of shit that was. <laughs> he uh, then went on to be in a, uh, a consultant at Columbia Pictures after he oh. left. So oh, he was still Columbia. working in movies, and he died in 81. <laughs> He's like, he told that producer, he's like, steal the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rip off people. <laughs> when was that? That was, uh, that was uh, that in the was 70s, us. though. Mm, yeah, that was 70s. 80s. No, was 70s. Close Encounters. That's 70s. Oh, well, there you go. He had just enough time to corrupt <laughs> Columbia. Yeah. Or maybe he was called in um, to, like, try to make that not happen so again. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, uh, Balsley Crowther. Yes, um, I like this guy, and I gotta tell you, okay. no one would, no one would um, get the joke. But I would love to see a skit of Bosley Crowther, uh, Crowther going into the theater, and be like, ah, I can't wait to see this movie. Ah, here it's really good, and then he's just like, oh, what the hell is this? And it's Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> he's like, oh no. <laughs> This is screaming the whole time. Like, ow, ow, this is too violent. What are, what are they doing? Oh, good. Gene Wilder's coming. Ah, oh, they pushed him out of the car. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to play us. Uh, play us out. Play us out a little bit. Yeah, um, I will say after this, it, uh, you know, it, it influences me to uh, want to do my own reviews. Well, he, I... he, I mean, we still have a minute. He, um, you know, was like the guy in the mid uh, 20th century. Um, when this song came out, the song that we're listening to right now. Um, and uh, it's probably the most horrific uh, instance of a reviewer just really being extremely stubborn and not going with the times and thus ending his career. Um, we're probably not going to have someone that had such a stark um clash uh with the general population um that it caused him to uh leave because he was had like a very specific idea of what movies should be um so yeah but he's dead now any final words zach um <clears throat> this has been a dill of a of a episode a dill <laughs> A dilly of an episode. episode. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. That was Two Thumbs and Decided. Next week will be another critic. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stairs.